One of the greatest attacks we face in this 21st century isn't a terrorist attack or a financial attack, but an attack on our homes and on the institution of marriage. Where we married in our early 20s here in the United States in the 1970s, today that age has risen to 29. Marriage used to be the first step to adulthood. Now it's often the last. In the Jamaat, our own database for marital statistics reveals that the average age at first nikah for boys is 29, and for girls, 27. We are witnessing a shift from religion to worldliness, from I do to I don't. The topic of my speech today is a crumbling tradition, the benefits and blessings of marrying while young. Ever since the sixth grade, your child's closest friends have had a boyfriend or a girlfriend, a sweetheart for all of their emotional and physical needs. Just like your children ask for clothes or a phone or a car, they also want this. They just don't ask for it. And then after a while, when a sweetheart for them doesn't arrive, the window for you to arrange their marriages closes. And then youth postpone the idea themselves, because now they're filling their life with other things. And rather than accept their mistake with humility, parents often put the blame on the child for not wanting to get married. The reasons for delay that are often put forward range from financial to educational, from cultural taboos to a critique of the Rishtanata system itself. I will try to address these issues in the course of this speech. In Islam, where there is a stress on having means and tying your camel, there's always greater stress on prayer and keeping faith. Once the Holy Prophet Muhammad وسلم, told a poor man that if you can't have a dowry, then at least propose with a ring. When he said that he didn't even have that, the Prophet permitted his marriage anyway, saying that his knowledge of the Quran is sufficient for a dowry in his case. They say diamonds are a girl's best friend, but the Prophet reminds us that a man of faith is even better. Allah reassures us in the Holy Quran that he'll provide even for the slave. Don't fear to arrange their marriages because he will, he says, quote, grant them means out of his bounty, end quote. To my surprise, the newer research is showing that singles actually spend more than couples because of their poor financial choices. But let's assume that's not the case. Can't parents who are already supporting their child in their own homes continue to support them in the same way, but in a marriage, at least until they settle in. After all, the Holy Prophet said that marriage completes half of your faith. 
I married in my early 20s, and although I supported myself, my father did provide some essentials, like my first car. We lived in a cramped apartment, multiple kids per room, and it remained like this for a while. Instead of treating my wife to rings for anniversaries, I could only afford to treat her to ice cream. There were times when I would look at my bank statement and there wouldn't be a comma. But I kept faith in prayer. And while some of you may feel sorry for me, I don't feel sorry for myself. I would never trade that struggle for anything because it strengthened my faith and my family's faith in prayer. You can postpone your marriage until you're rich and say, I did this by myself. Why should I share it with you? Or you can get married young and say, we built this together. We didn't do this on our own. How could I ever leave you? An economics professor at Emory University surveyed 3,000 adults and found an interesting correlation between wedding ring expense and divorce. Those who could only afford modestly priced rings actually fared better in their marriages than those who bought more expensive rings. Apparently, a diamond is forever, but marriages that are built upon them are not. There is a saying, you never know how a horse will pull until you hook him to a heavy load. Give your children a chance. They're going to do better than you think, and if they struggle, it won't be forever. And it doesn't have to be this hard. There are many practical examples, I'm sure, here today of youth who struggled the way we did, but perhaps less so. They traveled the world, explored the world together, and completed their education together while still prioritizing their marriage. Hazrat Amtul Hafiz Begum Anha, daughter of the Promised Islam, was married at a young age, and she sat for her school exams after her marriage. And during those days, her mother, Hazrat Ammajan, would help her by looking after the children while she studied. To prepare me for marriage, my parents stressed building character through discipline. So regularity in Salat, getting up at a good hour, making my own bed, folding my own clothes, mowing the lawn, and balancing my own checkbook rather than expect my parents to do these things for me were the things that instilled good character and discipline in me. You have to practice tying your camel before you can tie the knot. Being with your first love in this country is rare. It's celebrated and people boast about it. They say they married their high school sweetheart. But if we can understand how others can honor sweethearts who met in high school as a beautiful act of friendship and of chastity, why can't you also marry an Ahmadi high school sweetheart? And if not in high school, then why not in college? You go through so many important milestones in your youth. There's graduations, acceptance letters, your first job, your first paycheck. Don't you want someone by your side to share those highlights with? I promise you that it will only sweeten your relationship. And when you face trials, if you, face, if you fail an exam or get a rejection letter or suffer the loss of a parent, don't you want someone by your side rather than go at it alone? These days, youth are troubled with loneliness and depression more than before. So if you marry young, not only will your joys be doubled, but your griefs will be halved.
there are things that you just can't go to your mom for or to your father or to your best friends for. You will only find those things in a partner. When God first revealed the Quran to the Holy Prophet Muhammad وسلم, he was shook, he was overwhelmed. He went straight to his wife, trembling. Hazrat Khadija anha. She took him, she lovingly wrapped him in a blanket and she consoled his emotions. And much later in life after she died, he would reminisce about her. And when he'd see an article of clothing that belonged to her, he'd start crying. His wives, other wives would grow jealous and they'd ask, why are you crying? What was it about her? He would say, when the whole world was against me, she stood by my side. When I was persecuted and there was no one, she gave me comfort. This was the love and the tenderness of the Holy Prophet that he had for the one wife that he married in his youth. Don't you want this too? Parents, don't you want this for your children who are the delight of your eyes? And do you think that a marriage forged like this can easily fall apart? Marriage is not a capstone, it is a cornerstone. There's a whole beauty about getting married young that you're missing out on. Allah says in the Holy Quran that he has created wives for you from among yourselves that you may find peace of mind in them. And he has put love and tenderness between you in that surely are signs for a people who reflect. May Allah enable us to reflect. The entertainment industry, entertainment media, makes us fantasize about so-called love marriages. From a young age, children are taught to believe in love at first sight. But that intense excitement that people have quickly goes away after a few months, and you're left with the real essence of who that person is. Khalifa Sani described his prayer, parents, the Prophet Islam and Hazrat Tamajan, as, quote, two hearts beating in the same chest, end quote. Is this not real love? You can have a love marriage within an arranged marriage. There is no love without sacrifice. We are obsessed with feelings of love, but we should understand love to be a verb, an action, something you do, and not merely a feeling. There are a number of cultural taboos which need to be addressed head on. These are the major problems, or some of the major problems, causing delays in our marriages. First of all, there's no harm in marrying your cousin. Metaphorically, yes, they are your brothers and sisters, but they are not your actual brothers and sisters. 80% of marriages in all of human history have, between, have been between first and second cousins. The incidence of genetic abnormalities is not much different than naturally occurring genetic abnormalities at baseline. This was the conclusion made in a study spanning multiple decades and thousands of births published in the Journal of Genetic Counselors and covered widely in many newspapers across the country. In fact, to the contrary, a delayed marriage, which, which leads to advanced maternal age, is associated with a marked rise in fetal abnormalities, including Down syndrome and also miscarriage. Second, there's no harm in going local for your rishta. Look to the obvious matches which we can all see in our own jamaats, rather than looking aside or, or all over the world. 
Third, there's no reason why you can't marry someone that you've taken note of in your family or in your jamaat, provided, of course, that you don't talk to him or her directly and your parents grant you their blessing. Next, fathers should not delay thinking that rishtas will come for their daughters from others. The Prophet ﷺ accepted proposals which came from ladies, and the Sahaba would propose on behalf of their daughters to other Sahaba. Your honor is not greater than theirs. There are cultural taboos. These are all the cultural taboos that the Holy Prophet broke in order to lay the foundation for his people and for the world. If you found it difficult because you think you're not attractive, or that you don't have a good job, or that you're short, or you think that you're dark complected, or that you don't have family prestige, then remember that these are not flaws in the system. These are flaws in people who are overlooking you for these reasons. Hazrat Khalifa Rabi Rahmullah said, and I paraphrase, the failures in marriages in our country is not because of a flaw in arranged marriages, but because of a poor standard of morality in the people. It is not the system that is broken, rather it is the people who are broken who judge in this way. The Prophet said that there are two categories of people. One who will marry for beauty, wealth, and social class, and those who marry for righteousness. So which category do you belong to? Also, do we criticize people for flaws that also exist in us? For sons, we want young, slim, and fair, and we insist on these things. For our daughters, we want tall, stylish, and doctor. There is a difference between what we quote as hadith and what we do in practical life. This is not a break in the Rishtanata system. This is a break in us. The Holy Prophet said that marriage will, quote, lower your gaze and it'll guard your chastity. Chastity used to be a name in this country, but sadly no more. By guarding your virginity, you keep something very special, which actually makes you a target, in fact. It makes you more desirable to people because they know that you are unattainable. Sometimes youth ask if they can marry a Christian or a Hindu or a convert. It's possible with permission. You can marry outside the Jamaat. But Allah says in the Holy Quran, or teaches us this prayer, O Lord, grant us of our wives and our children the delight of our eyes and make us a model for the righteous. So the question leaps out, how best can you be a model for the righteous? because that's the objective of marriage after all, spiritual progeny. So where will you have your best chances at spiritual progeny? Marrying inside or outside? You only get one shot, so go where there is the least risk. My dear parents, listen to me carefully. If you do not actively seek your children's rishtas, they will find a spouse on their own and they will marry outside. I was raised in a Jamaat with 47 children, boys and girls. We're all over 35 now. Of my batch, 29% of us married inside the Jamaat, and 71% of us married outside, or are 35 and older and still not married. Your children will marry outside. It's not hypothetical, it's real and it's happening. 
parents may not recognize that they themselves can actually be toxic in the process sometimes. They'll project their own wants onto the child. Mothers in particular can sometimes show interest in superficial things where the child may be more interested in faith or substance. These cause unnecessary delays, and the irony is that when your child surprises you with their own choice from outside the Jamaat, then all criteria are thrown out the window. You wanted so much control and you ended up losing it all. If you're sending your children off to college, it would be better to get them married or have a plan for their marriage. Hazrat Yusuf was forced out of the protection of his home at a young age and a most beautiful queen tried to seduce him. She entered his room and locked the door behind. You have, or you may trust your child, but at the same time, the lesson here is that you cannot always trust others. Fathers, when do you ever leave your children unprotected? The Holy Quran says we should give our children garments for their protection. The Holy Prophet married at the age of 25. Even there, the Promised Messiah expressed his regret that the Prophet's uncles did not arrange his marriage earlier to their daughters, thinking that he was not worth their daughters because he didn't have much to his name in terms of possession. But Allah made this a sign that even someone who didn't have parents or didn't have a social network or didn't have much to his name, Allah provided for him. Don't delay, but if you have to due to constraints, then don't despair, but pray, maintain noble character, and remain patient for Allah's help. My dear youth, Islam does not prevent you from liking someone. If you do happen to like an Ahmadi, tell your parents or find an ally or you can talk to me, but don't approach them directly because the beauty is lost when you do. Sometimes youth ask if they can mingle with Ahmadi girls the way they mingle with girls generally at work or at school. But the truth is the question itself is flawed. Your interaction with non-Ahmadi women at school or at work should be no different than your interaction with Ahmadi women. You should have the same sense of formality and modesty with each other. It is wrong to think that modesty and shame is only for the mosque and not for anywhere else in our lives. Sometimes youth ask, why can't I try dating? It'll prepare me for marriage. But the problem with dating is that the moment it gets hard, you give up and walk away. I'm tired of this one, let's move on to the next one. Dating doesn't prepare you for marriage, it prepares you for divorce. Pornography isn't the solution for you either. Pornography is wrong because it makes you want something that doesn't belong to you. The Promised Messiah said that it is a vain hope to place a warm bread before a hungry dog. The Promised Messiah said it is a vain hope to place a warm bread before a hungry dog, thinking that eventually he won't eat it. Hazrat Khalifatul Masih al-Khamis said that pornography leads to adultery, domestic violence, and the mistreatment of children. Doctors have also warned that watching pornography will weaken your physical abilities and your masculine abilities. 
don't embarrass yourself on your wedding night. When you're young, you're more flexible and inclined to change and to forgiveness, as opposed to when you're older and you're getting married, you become set in your ways. Hazrat Mirza Bashir Ahmad made an interesting observation. He said that the Prophet Messiah was the greatest spiritual doctor of his time, and Hazrat Hakim Alvi Nuruddin was the greatest medical doctor of his time. Both of them married their children young, meaning whether you're an expert in religion or an expert in science, you'll reach the same conclusion that a young marriage is best for the body and for the soul. Image, imagine yourselves being young enough to play with your children, with sports, and to attend ijtamaat together as a khadam and as a tifl. There is much, this is much better than being a distant dad with an old mind and with an old body. The promised Messiah said to cherish your daughters because before you know it, they'll be married. He said daughters are, quote, guests, only guests in our houses for a few days. End quote. This tells you about the sense of urgency that we should have with regard to our daughters. The Prophet Muhammad said that, quote, three things are not to be delayed. One, salat when it is due. Two, the funeral when it is presented. And three, the marriage of a single woman when someone compatible is found. Who here is honoring this instruction of the Prophet? Some of you are thinking the Prophet Islam lived more than 100 years ago, the Holy Prophet more than 1,000 years ago, and this is 2019. In his Friday sermon of March 2017, the Holy Prophet, the, uh, Hazrat Khalif said, and I quote, paraphrasing, that I receive letters on a daily basis stating that parents are failing to marry their daughters. They cite the reason that they are studying, even though she is of marital age. Then when she is eventually married to a suitor, she is unable to form any sort of understanding due to their mature age. And eventually the marriage ends in divorce." End quote. So my dear sisters, your Khalifa cannot tell you something that is harmful for you. I know society tells you that you need to be professionally ambitious, but if given the choice between professional ambition and paradise under your feet, I would hope that you would choose the latter. Height, complexion, weight, age, family prestige are not as important as they seem. In preparation for this speech, I asked a number of old couples what they appreciate about their spouse. None of them said his height or his job or her complexion or her figure. It was all about his or her qualities. And this only confirms what the Holy Prophet said that we should look for to begin with, which is righteousness. There is no perfect husband or perfect wife. So while divorces are sometimes inevitable, it would be much better for you to try and make that marriage work than to go and try and make another marriage work. The grass is always greener on the side that's watered. So your assignment after this jalsa is to have an open discussion, father with children, parents with children, children with parents, about where you are in your mind about things. Just like you plan out where you're going for college, what'll be your major, what's your financial plan, etc. 
do the same with your rista. A degree isn't half your faith. A job or a financial plan isn't half your faith. Your marriage is half your faith. Finally, the most important thing for you is prayer. Hazrat Mir Nasir Nawab the father of Hazrat Amajan, said, quote, since this daughter of mine was born, I never missed a namaz in which I haven't prayed. O oh Allah, whichever man is most agreeable and suitable in your eyes, tie my daughter's marriage knot with him. And as we know, she married the promised Messiah Islam. So if there's nothing you get out of these words today, at least get this, that without prayers, all of this is unachievable and all of this is meaningless. Pray right from your childhood, and when it's time for istikhara prayer, don't hesitate thinking you don't know what this prayer is about. I was 21, I didn't know it either. My missionary said I could even recite it in English, which I did, and only with the blessing of guidance did I proceed, and so should you. It was marriage that resulted in the birth of the Prophet Muhammad It was marriage that resulted in the birth of the Promised Messiah You are the youth that will lead us into the future. And by strengthening this institution of marriage, we strengthen our nation and we strengthen our world. May Allah grant you love and tenderness in your youth, a match made in heaven and the delight of your eyes. وآخر دوانا أن الحمد لله رب العالمين زاكر الله